a lot, a lot of times I find in life, you know, the, the truly valuable people to know um, are the ones who don't want everyone to know that they're truly valuable to know. <laughs> this is Chris Reynolds and welcome to the Entrepreneur House podcast. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for established entrepreneurs creating events and retreats all over the world. If you're ready to take your business to the next level with other successful entrepreneurs, be sure to apply at theentrepreneurhouse.com. And now on to today's episode. I'm continually inspired by entrepreneurs that push the limits of what's possible to follow through with their dreams of finding their own definition of success. Today's guest is Rob Berry, and during the interview, he shares with us how he went from being unemployed with $4,680 left to his name to a multi-million dollar exit. It goes to show the process of entrepreneurship is one that many times requires a period of volunteer poverty and a sincere drive to make things happen. Rob goes into the details about his experience, mentioning a huge mistake that actually paid off big. He also addresses why he took a period away from location independence so he could focus on the growth of the business which led to another level of location independence. Lastly, Rob shares about his life after selling his business and the few things that humans need to be sufficiently happy. Without further ado, let's jump into the show. Welcome, Rob, to the podcast. How are you today? Fantastic, Chris. How are you? Thank you for calling in and joining us, my friend. And were you? are you in London? Yeah, yeah, in London, in yeah. uh, Zone 1, Bermondsey, to be specific. <laughs> so how are you? How's life? Life is good. Uh, just got back from a couple of weeks bouncing around Southeast Asia. Uh, this, of course, following uh, the exit uh, of the company that I've run for the past six years. And, uh, well, life's pretty good right now. I'm excited to get into some more details about that. But first, we want to learn more about you and where you got your start. And I actually don't know a whole lot about you. We've known each other for a couple years, I believe. But I don't know about your past so much. So, Give us the details, Rob, on how you grew into the entrepreneur that you are today. You know, I started off with the uh, traditional university education. I studied uh, journalism and philosophy uh, back at UConn. Uh, following that, I went into journalism, um, which I got pulled out of to join a, uh, a venture that uh, was not exactly successful. And following that, I went back to school and got a master's degree in digital media uh, and then got back into journalism again, uh, this time with a uh, you know slightly higher paying job. Um, that didn't work out. And then uh, I, I got into marketing because, uh, you know, higher in journalism. Um, well, journalism was dying at the time, you know, it's uh, or at least reconfiguring. Uh, when I was getting into it, you either had to be the best or the cheapest. Um, I wasn't the best and I didn't want to be the cheapest. Uh, so what I wound up doing was really more glorified marketing. So I said, well, if I'm going to be doing marketing, I'll get paid for marketing. Uh, so I went into marketing, uh, but I had this this issue uh, in life where I would go on these long vacations, and when I came back, uh, they wouldn't want to let me keep my job. So uh, working <laughs> for other people just wasn't wasn't happening for me, Chris. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, so ultimately, I found myself um, you know unemployed and wondering, okay, what what's going to be next? You know, I have I have all these skills. Um, I'm not really getting to use them all working for others. Um, uh, but it was, you know, it was a period of, of, of massive confusion. Um, fortunately I had someone close to me, uh, who had, uh, you know, read Tim Ferriss, uh, same as I, and had created this sort of, you know, uh, four hour work week model, uh, within the supplement business. Uh, and I said, well, why, why don't you, 
you know, why don't you give me everything you hate to do with your business and pay me, you know, $13 an hour or something, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I'll, I'll go ahead and do it. Um, you know, I, I ran the business for him for a while and realized, hey, you know, I could build one of these. I, you know, this is within my wheelhouse. Uh, so that's ultimately what I went and, uh, went and did. What year was that, Rob? So I founded, I founded my company uh, that I just exited in uh, 2011. Okay, so six years ago. And the now you mentioned the guy that you work with was kind of a mentor to you. Is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah. And then, um, he, he doesn't like his name being thrown around, so okay. I won't, I won't, you know, share uh, exactly his identity. But um, you know, he was somebody, uh, somebody close to me who, you know, ultimately became sort of a mentor. Uh, you know, when I struck out on my own path, um, he sort of guided me in the in the very beginning to make sure I, you know, got all the all the right points, uh, you know, organized. Don't you don't you love knowing these mystery people that don't like their real names being thrown around and it just adds to the story, makes it sound so much cooler. <laughs> I know, right? And there's there's always there's always those people out there. But yeah. um a lot a lot of times I find in life, you know, the the truly valuable people to know um are the ones who don't want everyone to know that they're truly valuable to know. <laughs> <laughs> they don't like the public eye, that's for sure. Yeah. So great, like give us, so this business, just give us a briefing, uh, uh, the business that you've been running for the past seven years, just give us a brief outline about what you were doing exactly um, yeah. in a short period. So uh, the, the brand was was Tranquility Labs um, and it launched with uh, with with one product, uh, which was uh, was Tranquiline. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's just a fantastic product. It's, this wasn't a white label brand. This wasn't a you know, an Amazon FBA Me Too brand, which, you know, if you're, if you're running, that's that's fine. Everybody's got to start somewhere. But my my approach was uh, to do the research, uh, to build a to build, you know, a solid, respectable brand uh, offered primarily on, uh, you know, our own e-commerce store. Um, and just to sort of move move up from there, uh, all the products have something to do with blending, um, you know, East meets West is kind of how I phrased it. You know, we would we would look at Eastern medical traditions um, that that tend to be a little more holistic, things like Ayurveda, uh, traditional Chinese medicine, and we would find where um, things have been studied scientifically in the West from those traditions, um, and sort of blend uh, these 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 holistic concepts into something for you know stress and anxiety. We had. Uh, something uh, you know, a nootropic that was really, really fantastic. It was totally all natural. Um, you know, we created a melatonin spray for sleep, but it wasn't just melatonin. Of course, you know, our our uh, philosophy was to make it more holistic, and we had um, a number of ingredients: chamomile, B6, lemon balm, um, a number of calming ingredients to really sort of make it, you know, more of a, a full complex. Uh, so we had six products uh, at the time that uh, that I exited the company. Uh, all of which were doing fantastically. Um, you know, we sold primarily through an e-commerce store, um, and uh, I guess uh, a portion um, due to you know NDA stuff and uh, non-compete, non-disclosure. I can't talk about too much of the IP stuff, but we were on and off Amazon, um, and uh, we yeah we had been uh, we've been doing pretty uh, pretty darn well. Well, congratulations on your exit first, and um, I want to learn more about the the details of building this business because uh, I hear it's an incredible story. So you recently wrote a post uh, that was titled, From $4,680 Left 
to an and unemployed to a multi-million dollar exit to case study in 20 steps. And I'd love for you to tell us that story, man. I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs that are down that, you know, get to a point where or they just fluctuate in, in their business and their entrepreneurial career. You know, sometimes they might have a lot of money in bank account. The following year, they might have a few thousand bucks in their bank account or a few hundred, <laughs> depending on how far they go. And uh, a few years later, they may build it up into something massive. We recently had Nate Ginsburg on the show who went from living his, in, in his parents to selling his company for nearly a million dollars in less than five years. We had um, Stephen Vanderpel. Yeah, Nate, Nate, Nate's, a, Nate's a very, very impressive individual. I've got a lot of respect for, uh, for Mr. Ginsburg. Yeah, for sure. We also had um, Stephen Vanderpel on the show who was down to 1500 bucks and um, ended up partnering in on a business and now is doing very well for himself. They're looking at selling a section of their business. And it's cool to hear those stories because uh, this is the risk that most people won't take, right? You're a married man. At the time, I think you were, you were living in London, I'm assuming, or maybe I had that wrong. Is that right when you started this business? Well, I started out of Boston. Boston, okay. Uh, and yeah, at that, at that time, uh, well, I was in a relationship, uh, but uh, not, not married at the time. But. Okay. And I mean, it was, it was still a heck of a risk. Yeah. <laughs> I put everything than, into it. Less than five grand and you're an adult, you know, most adults mm-hmm. don't like having less than $5,000 to their names. Well, this, this is a key point you bring up, you know, when, when I was, when I was a newspaper, uh, reporter, a mm-hmm. journalist, you know, one of the things that I was, what was out there doing was, was interviewing all sorts of people, meeting all sorts of people and trying to determine, you know, what sort of person do I want to be, you know, who of all of these fascinating individuals um, do I potentially want to emulate? Mm-hmm. And I was always most impressed by business owners and real estate moguls and, and people who had just gone out there and done it. Uh, but what I, what I learned through interviewing tons of them was they weren't that much smarter than the rest of us. They weren't that much more capable than the rest of us. Yes. What they, what they had was risk tolerance. Yes. They were willing to go out there and put it all on the line to make something big happen. And that's really it. I mean, you got to you got to be able to do that. Yeah, and it's and it's it's a practice, I think. That's not taught nearly enough. And I think it it could be very valuable for a lot of people. So, yeah, let's stick into your story and and hear all about it, man. Go ahead, Rob. Yeah, well, I mean, going off of that, for me, um, it was forced upon me. You know, I had uh, I had been let go from uh, from my most recent job, um, and really just decided, okay, you know, this is you know, the second or third job I've lost in the past couple of years. Um, you know, I had that a first startup a couple of years prior that hadn't worked out, and that was another horribly traumatic um, experience. You know, eleven eleven months sort of locked in a house with a uh, with a team, trying to iterate this uh, this concept that never came to fruition. So I, I just had a lot to think about, um, you know, and as, you know, as I mentioned uh, before, um, you know, I had found this, uh, this mentor who sort of um, brought me into uh, to what he was doing. And uh, building off of that, um, you know, the, the, first, the first real step from going, um, you know, going into business for myself was, was making, making the decision to do it. You know, it's, I, I, I think that a lot of people where they find early friction uh, in entrepreneurship is trying to manage, you know, a full-time job or, 
more than one project at a time and just trying to sort of dip their toe in, uh, not fully realizing the amount of sacrifice that, that can often be required uh, just to go from, from zero to one uh, as an entrepreneur with, with a new business venture. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not something you can just sort of dip your toe in and say, well, if it works out, great. If not, well, you know, at least I still have my job. And maybe for some people, but for me, you know, I, I really just made the decision to go all in. It was this or nothing, and everything was on the line. Um, and, you know, what you find out when you do something like that is, you know, you're either going to crumble, um, and hopefully hopefully that's not, you know, going to happen to, to uh, most people listening to this if, if they were to take a big gamble, uh, or you're going to flourish. You're going to realize, you know, this is it. You know, you, you get snapped into the present state of mind. You get fired up, and you just you just go out there and, and do it, and you'll be surprised what you're capable of. Um, so you know, in the beginning, it was it was just kind of uh, a matter of of modeling, um, you know, for my for my company what already works um, and innovating um, innovating beyond it a little bit. So um, my mentor at the time had a fantastic model and uh you know one of the one of the things that he would uh you know preach to me was you, need, you don't need to go out there and try to be uh the next facebook you don't need to create some uh you know far-fetched brand new concept that nobody's ever heard before that's going to revolutionize something um you know what you need to do is find uh find a market and deliver value to it you know find uh, find something where uh, you can improve upon the the current offerings, um, and so that you know, so that's what I did uh, ultimately with the with the first product. You know, I found uh, a market for uh, people who um, were experiencing a lot of stress. Um, they didn't necessarily want to jump right into uh, the pharmaceutical route, uh, which you know. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bash it. There's there's plenty of reasons why um, you know pharmaceuticals exist, and there's a lot of great that they've done in the world. Uh, but getting on pharmaceutical prescriptions has some baggage associated with it. You know, you, there can be dependency issues. There can be side effects. Um, and so, you know, our 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 selling point in the beginning was well, you know, at least at least give the natural herbal route a try. You know, see if it helps. Um, you know, and if it doesn't, it's not gonna hurt you you know, at, at least. And, but for a lot of people, uh, you know, what, what we found out, um, you know, was, uh, you know, they, they were, they were happy enough with that to, to continue with it for a long time. But, uh, I mean, to get there, um, you know, there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of development that needed to have, uh, happen, you know, keyword development, uh, website development. Um, and, uh, this all sort of had to come out of a very small amount of cash. So uh, it's it's important to it's important to note that you know I had had some background, um, well obviously in journalism also in web development, um, so I had I was able to do a lot of this myself, and for a lot of people uh, maybe maybe that wouldn't be the case you know being able to sort of hack up a website, um, throw in some PHP you know write a compelling landing page, um, you know maybe maybe you know starting starting a business like this with with five grand uh, to your name. Um, is is a bit of a reach, but um, the main the main thing that uh, that I was focused on in the beginning really was just getting getting the uh, the product designed around specific keywords um, and then building the marketing funnel around the product and those keywords. 
Um, so that that that's kind of that's kind of the, the 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 beginning uh, factor. Of, um, <laughs> Yeah. There's so much going on. I mean, I'm, I'm putting myself in the headspace uh, right. of, of that point in time, Chris, and it's just I'm remembering just how how chaotic and intense it was, <laughs> you know, trying to do all of these things with, uh, you know, with, with the, the clock ticking. Was that really a big motivator for you that to see your bank account just start to dwindle? Yeah, well, I mean, the the big thing was, uh, you know, you, you do as much as you can uh, before you have to spend any money. Mm-hmm. You know, so you you know build the website, cheapest hosting possible, and all that. Um, and once you once you turn on the marketing funnel and you start seeing the money getting spent, you know it was uh, it was horribly stressful. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised I have any hair on my head. At this point in time. <laughs> well, I'm reading a paragraph here that I have in front of me. And it says you were doing some PPC with Bing, and you misplaced where to put the decimal, and you wanted to put. Uh, a max at 80 cents and it actually was $80 and you woke up and you had spent $900 overnight. <laughs> That's exactly it. Yeah. And you know, I, I was able to call Microsoft the next day and say, Hey, um, you guys messed this up. And I just, I just kind of hustled some of that money back into my, into my account because I, I mean, you just have to do what you have to do. Uh, but yeah, so you know, I was I was drinking in PPCing one night, which I you know don't try this at home. <laughs> Especially when it. your bank account is low. <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, I, ironically, uh, one of the biggest mistakes I made turned out to be the, the that that zero to one moment, um, and it's it's an amazing thing that happens because you know before you start spending money, before the the risk has been taken in full, you know, maxed out credit cards and all that. You know, it, it's just like, you know, trading in the stock market. You can tell yourself, here's the program I'm going to follow. These are the steps I'm going to take. Um, and, you know, from point A to point B to point C should be pretty clean. But once you're in it, it's an t- entirely different matter. Once the money is being spent, once the clock is ticking, um, you know, you can make you can make all sorts of errors. And <laughs> fortunately, just the just one of those errors is, is what, what got me to, to my first two sales. So I woke up that morning, mm-hmm. um, and you know I, I looked at the keywords that converted, and I said, "Wow, okay, um, I've been bidding too low. You know, I, I've been I've been trying to incrementally increase uh, my PPC bids in in Bing and Google AdWords, you know, from thirty cents to thirty five cents to forty cents, but uh, the only action I saw occurred above you know about a dollar." So, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's with such a small data set, it's really risky to make uh, judgments. But, you know, with as little money as I had, I had to move as quickly as possible with what data I had. Uh, so I said, okay, well, it looks like I just need to bid higher. Um, so I, I moved most of the bids up to, you know, between 90 cents and a dollar, somewhere around there, um, depending on which ones I thought would perform at what levels. And it was kind of a shot in the dark, but ultimately the sales started trickling in. And with the revenue, I was able to pay for the advertising. Um, you know, there there was a point where uh, the cash flow was getting really tight, but you know, I had sort of proved that it was going to work out, um, and I was able to borrow uh, a little bit of money just to sort of float for for the next month. Um, you know, to get more revenue coming in, um, and ultimately, it all worked out. You know, within within three months, um, you know, everything was was fully profitable, and within six months. Uh, there was no no major debt associated with the business um, anymore. And, you know, I grew it from there. Now, looking back, 
and it's hard exactly some of the tactics to say what you would do, how, how you would handle those differently. But I'm curious, what, what are some things that you did do looking back now that you know you would handle those differently? I mean, it's tough to say. Um, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? And, um, you know, I, I could definitely sit here and say, well, you know, I would have launched twice as many products. Um, I would have launched twice as many marketing campaigns. I would have, you know, I would have got uh, more affiliates involved. Um, frankly, I'm, I'm really happy with how things turned out. Um, you know, I tend to think that, you know, life, you know, life, life will only happen the way it's going to happen. I mean, not that that's destiny or any of those kind of, um, you know, sky wizardry concepts as, as some of my friends would, uh, would term it, but, but life only, only works out one way. And if it works out well, um, you know, why, why would you want to change anything? Um, I mean, that's, that's kind of how I feel, but I guess, yeah. I mean, if I were going to go back in time and do it all over again uh, with with uh, what I know now, uh, probably I would just launch more products and and do so confidently. You know, maybe grow a bigger team, have a bigger exit. You know, that that sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I know you had at the start of your business, you were pretty much location independent, and then towards the end of your business, you were also. But you actually recommend in your posts to, to double down and to get an office. And I'd like to know your thoughts behind that and why you decided to do it and your feelings about leaving an office and not having it anymore. Yeah, so you know, as, as you mentioned, yeah, I was, I was more or less location independent in the very beginning and the very end um, of, of this, this six-year tenure uh, running, running the business. Uh, but, you know, about... I suppose it was a little uh, around a year in. Um, I uh, I just realized that there was a lot of work for me to do, um, and it was feeling like work. And I don't like to work. I mean, if it's <laughs> if if it's fun, if it's exciting, if it's building, you know, if it's brand new and and uh, you know creative, then that doesn't feel like work, and that's fun for me. But if it's tons of customers calling and you know web pages breaking and needing mm-hmm. to be fixed and um you know little you know keyword changes needing to be made and all this sort of drudgery of, of operationally running a business uh that's not what i like to do that's that's stuff that uh that i want someone else to do so for me taking a period of time to build a team you know start an office and and not be location independent anymore uh, was was me responding to my lifestyle choices and the needs of my business. You know, the 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 amount of work was just increasing with my customer base. You know, and uh, I wanted to launch more products and and to grow it. Uh, you know, into a, into a larger business. Um, you know, I was uh, at the at the time about a year in. I was already making you know more money than I than I ever had before. I mean. It, I think I was just just approaching um, you know six figures at that point, and uh, I mean it, it felt like a hell of a lot, uh, you know, coming from from a journalist's salary, which is I mean pitiful compared to as much of the professional world. Uh, but you know, there, I wasn't going to just stop with that and say, okay, you know, I'll I'll just put this on the back burner and and focus on lifestyle. Um, you know, ultimately, I decided I wanted to create something that was. Uh, you know that was that was more or less automated, um, and in order to do that, I had to have you know a solid team in place uh, that I trusted. 
And you know, one of the things um, you know, I, at the time I hadn't I hadn't learned about the digital nomad community yet. You know, I I should uh, probably mention that I'm not you know a child of that ethos. Although I I ultimately you know got involved with a lot of those people, and that's that's who all my friends are now. Uh, but you know, before before I met somebody who sort of dragged me into that uh, community, at first <laughs> kicking and screaming, I was trying to build. You know, I was trying to build a more traditional type business. Um, you know, the the whole location independent thing was just a, a lifestyle choice that I had, had been doing and, until the business got sort of to to be too much to handle on my own. Mm-hmm. And then I, I said, well, the thing to do is to to get a spa- an office space and. You know, from my journalism days, I, I knew this real estate mogul um, in town, um, you know, around where I was living, who always said, hey, you know, if you ever need a place, I got an extra office, you know, I'll give you a great price. And his price was like a quarter of what anybody else would ask for the same space. So I said, well, I mean, it, it I mean, it's an afterthought to pay for it. So I might as well give myself somewhere to work that's not my own my own apartment. Mm-hmm. And uh and then I had all this space in there, and I said, "Well, okay, let's start filling it. <laughs> you know, let's get some people in here. You know, somebody to. You know, first thing I hired, uh, the first person I hired was somebody to handle the customer service because I really hated doing that. You know, answer. And I would, I would do it. I would answer every phone call. Um, you know, even if I was making a sandwich in the kitchen, I would put everything down, run in because I mean that that phone ringing, uh, that's a potential sale. You know, that's that's a customer who might have a problem that needs to be solved. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know everything about the way I ran my business was was around the customers. Is you know if they, if they want to buy something, great. Let's let's remove the friction. If they're having an issue with the product, uh, let's solve it for them. But let's make sure that customers always feel respected, heard, responded to. Um, and so it was important to me to hire somebody who who was going to do you know at least you know close to as good a job of that as as I would myself as the business owner. Um, so, you know, I didn't have access at the time to, um, you know, the Filipino VAs that so many people use. And, you know, I just went on Craigslist and, and, uh, brought in a bunch of people and hired the one that I thought was the best. And, uh, I had to do that a few times to find someone that I really liked, but ultimately I did. And then, um, sooner or later I needed an operations manager, mm-hmm. uh, which, um, I think was, was the most important hire that I ever made. Um, and it took me, it took me three tries to get that right, um, over the six years, but you know, third, third time was a charm. And, uh, you know, the operations manager that I ultimately, uh, kept the longest, uh, is, is, is still there today. Um, and is absolutely fantastic at her job. Um, and that was that was sort of the hire that allowed me to really step back. You know, when uh, when my wife and I got married and moved off to London, uh, where we've been now for two years, um, you know, and if it wasn't for that for that hire for that operations manager, I wouldn't have been able to get that sort of location independence back. Because you know, at that at that point when when she came on board, you know, I think we were already up to three products. Um, you know, we were closing in on seven figures in revenue. We had multiple marketing channels. You know, we were building out a blog. We had a Facebook page, social media presence. I mean, it was a lot more than just a single marketing funnel around one product at that point. Um, so you, you need somebody you trust uh, who can who can run all this stuff. Um, and when you when you get that right. Um, I mean, the amount of freedom that it affords you is is just completely invaluable. Yeah, I could imagine. Around the time 
that I started uh, thinking about exit. Well, I, I guess it all goes back to um, my, my my fantastic wife, who um, is more of a traditional um, sort of corporate mindset. Um, you know, she has a very successful career uh, and uh, had uh, gone to university at at Babson. Uh, Babson College in, uh, in in Massachusetts, and they had an accelerator program uh, that they did along with Goldman Sachs called Ten Thousand Small Businesses. Uh, she really pushed me to to get involved in that, and it was I mean running a business it was a heck of a lot of extra work to do to uh, to join this this intense accelerator program and do uh, the growth plan that they sculpted us uh, you know through. Uh, but having having some access to those you know, MBA types, those really professional, I mean, Babson is, you know, one of the top, uh, one of the top three business schools in the country. Uh, and, and some of the minds there, um, the perspective that they have on running a business is just not something that I was, was finding anywhere in the, the digital nomad, uh, circuit. So, um, it was, it was really invaluable experience, uh, that, that she got me to, to ultimately, uh, go through. Um, and one of the things that they really harped on in this in this uh, project in this program was um, you need to you need to really think about exit from the beginning. You need to sculpt your entire business around what your exit plan is going to be, uh, because sooner or later, due to whatever you know, whether it's you getting bored with the business, whether it's life lifestyle uh, related, you know, some, you know, death in the family, something serious comes up. Sooner or later, you're going to potentially want to do something different, and if you haven't spent a great deal of time planning for it, uh, it's it's likely not going to happen in a way that's in your highest and best interest. So, this really, I mean, it boiled down to in the nitty gritty, um, you know, things like having really good books, you know, having a, a professional accountant and a bookkeeper who regularly updates uh, your books so that. Uh, at any point in time, you can you know, spit out a P&L, uh, know what your EBITDA uh, is and, and all of that. They talked about you know, how businesses are valued, uh, what structures of businesses that um, or what, what structures businesses often have that are attractive for being acquired. You know, things like uh, not having the owner uh, be completely critical to uh, to the operational picture of the business, you know, and. You know, when I when I ultimately exited my business because I took all of this to heart, um, you know, at that point in time, I had I had made it my business for a couple of years uh, that any time you know a process would would require touching me you know, from within the business um, multiple times, I would try to spin up a process for somebody else to uh, to execute to manage that whatever it might be, whether it's um, you know editing content on the site or uh, training new people, uh, things of that nature. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I think that uh, it's, it's just really important to know, you know, around what value you want to exit your business at uh, and how to get there, you know, have sort of a, a plan of action. So that's, uh, yeah, that was one of the, the best takeaways that I got from, from networking with these sort of more MBA types. Did you have a, a number in the back of your mind, an exact number that you wanted to hit it at? Yeah, I mean, I I did. Um, I had the sort of reach number, uh, and then I had the you know the the more realistic number, mm -hmm. um, and you know I, I sort of knew what it would take to get to either one. 
Um, I ultimately exited at the more realistic number because uh, I just I just felt the time was right. Um, the company was you know firing on all cylinders at peak performance, and um, you know it's I think one of the most important things for entrepreneurs to to be able to do is to spot uh, spot an opportunity and market conditions for selling businesses like uh, like mine um, have have really seemed to you know peak. Um, recently, I think. Did you have any regrets? Uh, may not be the best word, but did you long for the business after you exited? And I mean, it hasn't really been that long since you've done it, but do you miss it? Uh, well, you know, by the time I by the time I exited, um, I wasn't really doing much work in the business anyway. I mean, it it. It was down to essentially me approving blog posts, um, and that's you know if if we were going to launch a new product, I would uh, I would design and develop the product, but you know I was in exit mode, so uh, essentially all I was doing was was kind of uh, you know some of the more creative stuff that I enjoyed. Um, so not really. Um, I can't say that I, I I you know fully missed it. I mean for the first couple of weeks. Um, you know, and, and this is something that I hear from a number of people in our community who have exited businesses. You get that, that sort of sense of, uh, what, what some have called postpartum depression, right? Yeah. Um, nobody needs you anymore. The business doesn't need you anymore. You, you check your inbox and, um, you know, there, there's not all these requests for you to put out such and such fire or approve this or approve that. You know, just just kind of mundane trainings for the new owners, um, and then you know when when I was traveling in Asia, you know, for DCBKK and uh, you know all the, the the great networking and travel that follows that uh, this this past October, early November, um, you know, I was sitting down um, just just hanging out watching Rick and Morty with a friend in Chiang Mai, um, and he was stressing about his business. You know, and I said, you know what, mate? Um, right now, I keep I keep going back to that part of my brain that's just constantly querying the endless list of entrepreneurial things that I need to do, and it's it's empty. There's nothing there. And what washed over me in that moment was such a feeling of zen <laughs> <laughs> that I've just I've just kind of taken that and and let it be my state for a little while. Um, of course, not for too long because then you know as as is often the case, another project just comes and uh, and pops up right in front of you. Yeah, being here in Chiang Mai, life is very convenient at the moment and and really easy. And um, I've taken some time off just to like do nothing, and I don't do nothing a lot because I'm always I don't know just have that mind that's kind of restless. But it's interesting because I was picturing myself, you know, okay, if and when I sell a business and I don't have anything else to do, what are some of the things that I would do? And I would just walk around the mall a little bit, you know, and not be rushed at any time. And it was it was nice, you know. But at the same time, it, I could see it after a while getting old, especially, you know, entrepreneurs that are always, you know, that have worked a lot in their life, that have built something. Um, eventually, I think for most of us get restless and need to find some other project to go to go along. Oh, I, I fully agree. I think, um, I think humans in general, we need some sort of toil. Yeah. You know, uh, going back to my, uh, going back to my philosophy education, 
um, you know, I always I always reference Aristotle. And, um, you know, he had some really, really amazing things to say about happiness. But uh, if, if you boil it down, there's sort of three main things that he talked about uh, that, that you need in life <clears throat> to be truly happy, right? Uh, one is uh, sufficient material resources, right? So the roof over your head, uh, enough money to, to, you know, go and get some food and some clothes on your back. I mean, nothing crazy, but just enough to, enough to get by. Mm-hmm. Um, good relationships, you know, friends, family, respecting your community. Um, and that, I think, is, is a, a massive one. Um, and then the feeling of being useful, of, of making some sort of contribution. Uh, and for, for most people, that's work. Um, you know, perhaps for, uh, for a devout uh, Buddhist monk, it's, you know, attaining enlightenment and reflecting positivity onto the world around you. But uh, for, for most of us, um, you know, we need, we need some, some accomplishments to make. We need to contribute something to the world to, um, to toil, you know. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, I, I think when I, when I sold the business for the first couple of weeks um, to cope, uh, I was I was doing like high frequency cryptocurrency trading. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my my wife would go to work and I'd be you know at at my computer with uh, you know with with the the trading uh, platform open and I'd just <laughs> you know just be uh, you know green and red bars and trades in and out and I mean that faded away ultimately. Yeah, but um, you know, long, we need to do something. How long were you doing that until it faded off? Ah, uh, man. That's even through the sale process. Actually, I was, I was doing. That. I think I think I hit it pretty hard for about for about two months. Really? Uh, yeah. 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 Cool. It was, well, it was really enjoyable, though. I mean, it's and I learned I learned a ton. I mean, yeah. That's, that's a whole other podcast concept, though. <laughs> yeah. Sounds great, my friend. Rob, I want to give you a huge thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for taking your time out to tell us about growing your business and exiting your business and your new ventures that you're involved in. We really appreciate it, my friend. Thank you so much. My pleasure, Chris. Thanks for having me. And listeners, we're going to wrap up there. Thank you guys for joining us once again, and we'll see you all on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for established entrepreneurs. Imagine spending an extended period of time with other successful entrepreneurs working together and growing your business. Day-to-day, you interact with other driven and smart business people. Spending an extended period of time around them alters your business and your mentality around business. Goals are set, business grows, new partnerships develop, greater profit margins are achieved, the productivity skyrockets for the attendees, and you'll get to have an incredible adventure while doing it. Be sure to check out the details at theentrepreneurhouse.com as soon as possible. For those of you that are interested and have some questions, don't hesitate to contact us, theentrepreneurhouse.com. We will respond as soon as we can. For now, saludos from somewhere in the world.